Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Julie Chance. She is one half of the Berlin-based Eval, who just released their second album, The Power, which is out on exclamation mark K7 Records. They say that the album is a meditation on love, the intimate and personal offering as a product of turning their thoughts inward after time spent considering the state of the world and politics over the last year. It's about all relationships, including but not limited to our own, they explain, and it details the intimate powers that bind us together. I've actually followed their journey for quite a long time, including in their previous band, Cool Thing, which I remember seeing at Forbidden Fruit like 10 years ago or something like that. So I'm a longtime fan and this is my first time chatting with Julie, who's from Dublin, and uh, I really, really enjoyed the chat. It got deep straight away because she reveals that they actually had coronavirus and she talks about kind of their getting through all of that, releasing the power during this pandemic that's ongoing and seeing all of the plans that they had kind of fall through for that and then she also talks about her journey through music through the misogynistic music industry and if you stay tuned to the end of the chat you'll hear a track from the power there's a little audio hitch towards maybe the last five minutes of our chat where you'll uh hear a little bit of change in sound but hopefully you'll persevere towards the end here a really really good chat but i think i always say that and uh and a song from eval so uh yeah this is uh the chat that we had a couple of weeks ago i think it was recorded the day after the power actually was released so here you go so yeah first of all like tell me about lockdown in berlin how how long has it been going on and uh how are you doing over there lockdown has been uh it's been pretty brutal for us and um, we went into lockdown at the start of march um that was grand but we once there was an infection in berlin and stuff like everyone kind of swung into action jane was at so jane is the berlin ambassador for apra which is the australian royalties collection agency and they had an event in london i think it was maybe the first week in march or second week in march but everyone was going into lockdown even ireland was going into lockdown but the uk as you know didn't go there a couple of weeks behind so she was going over to this event and i was like are you sure you want to go to this event? Like, I don't know, like, it might be dodgy. You mightn't be able to get back. It's super weird that it's still happening, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, it's still going on. I'm going, I think I'm going to go. So I was all quite anxious about it. Anyway, so she goes over to the event, came back, uh, came back to Berlin. Then we heard there was three confirmed corona cases at this event. I'm not joking. Seven days later, she got sick. And then three days after that, I got sick and both of us tested positive for COVID-19. So our early weeks in lockdown were horrible. We were both really sick. It was just really weird. Like, obviously, it was the mild case that they talk about, but we were sick. Like, you know, it felt like you had like a really bad cold and couldn't smell or taste and you had headaches and stuff. So it was brutal. Like, we were feeling really sorry for ourselves. And we didn't get tested till the end of the sickness. So the majority of it, we didn't know what was going on. So we were a bit, like, freaked out and stuff. But, yeah, so that was the first part anyway. Um, so we ha- And, you know, and both of us are working full-time. And so we didn't have we didn't have this kind of... A lot of people are like, oh, we're in quarantine. and are going to do all those things I wanted to do. And that kind of wasn't really our experience. We were sick. And then we also had to work from home, like, nine to five sort of situation. So that was our vibe. So it's been okay, like it's probably better now, things have calmed down, um, but yeah, we're still working and stuff, so it's not like, um, I get, you know, we can still be creative on weekends, but it's not like 
all of this mad free time to do whatever you've always wanted to do and da 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 da. Not even sure I read a book, to be honest with you. Well, that's okay. People are coming at it like creatively from different aspects. Some people are like getting into it and others are like, I've never been happier not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wish I could have done, I wish it was maybe more, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm, I work really well with routines. I don't know how I would have been if I didn't have a routine. There's definitely been more time though, I have to say. And, and there has been very, very nice moments and we've done, you know, a couple of nice things and we both have solo projects on the go. And we've had, we have had time for that. Like, and we're programmed to always produce, produce, produce and do stuff and do stuff and everyone's baking bread and everyone's, you have this weird feeling that you have to do something. And I think it was okay to step back and sort of, well, we're in the middle of a world crisis, a pandemic and, you know, people are dying and friends that we know's parents died and it was kind of this life-changing situation and so it also felt okay just to kind of be and and you know and see what comes and like no stress and no pressure and stuff you know I haven't talked to anybody who's had co- coronavirus COVID-19 or like I don't know anybody who's had it anyway so maybe like is it as bad as like people would say because a lot of the time it seems like if if you're not like over 70 or over 80 you know you'll probably be fine and obviously it seems like you're o- over it now and everything but like were you were you absolutely in the doldrums with it like yeah like the thing that made yeah like the thing it's like it's sort of like for us it's sort of and we were both kind of similar uh symptoms it started off like both of us never really had a temperature that was the main thing that kept us calm at that time all they were saying was like dry cough and temperature and i was like both of us didn't have a dry cough and both of us didn't have a mad temperature jane maybe had like a low-grade fever but like I was like, it was like a cold at the start, like sneezing and co- like kind of, I had like a more like a loose sort of phlegmy cough that you would have with a chest cold or something. But you felt really tired and you had these like weird headaches and your eyes were sort of bloodshot. There was something about it that did not feel normal. Um, I was like, and I had mad stomach issues, won't go into details on the third day. And I was like, what is this? Like, and then just very, very tired all the time. And you can't do any, like when you're out and about, you're kind of shivering. Like if we had to bring the dogs down or something. There's this sort of like shiveriness that came over us. But the, the main thing that really made me freak out was like both of us for a solid week could not smell and taste anything like not you know when you have a cold you get a bit congested and you can't smell the thing about this is weird you don't you're not really congested and yet you can't smell and taste anything and it was like freaky and I was like this is not normal like we have to get tested like something's and I kept reading articles about smell and taste and it was pretty it was pretty bad because it goes on for so long like it literally went on I'd say over two full solid weeks and it just goes on and on and on um but of course you know, compared to people who were hospitalized or people had serious breathing issues, you know, it obviously was this mild case, but I, w- I w- honestly wouldn't wish it on anyone. It was, te- it was terrible. Um, I'm definitely glad to see the back of it. Um, of course, in Germany, you can get tested. We were able to get tested really easily, actually. We just, it was a five minute walk down the road and they kind of do things a bit different over here. Um, and then we had, you know, they were sound like people would ring you every day then. Like, how are you feeling today? Well, even when I was grand, they were still ringing and going, what are your symptoms? Like, and they kind of kept a check on you in that. So that was grand. But yeah, it was brutal enough now, you know, not playing any violins. It was nothing like what some people went through. Um, it was definitely that, the, like, I presume that the 80% of the people who were, who were getting it um, were getting this type of version, you know, this sort of two-week bad cold, bad flu sort of situation. 
So like as someone who's been through it, how do you feel about like the measures? Are you like, oh, absolutely, this is the right way to do like complete lockdown. We need to like flatten the curve as um as is the message in Ireland and everything. Or are you kind of like, well, look, it was really bad for two weeks, but I don't know, is it worth nothing happening in the world? Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, yeah. I think we're, I think we're in the height of it. I suppose March was the height of it for us. Um, and we 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 had, were lucky because we were already isolating. We didn't have any con. We only had contact with one person that we had to, that the that the health organization had to chase up here. But if we weren't in lockdown, or we just would have been out and about, touching everything, chatting away, grabbing it, you know, would have been passing it on left, right, and center. It's not so much. It's two reasons. Like the first reason is that like older people are big time targets, and you know, no one wants their mum or dad. To, to get it or get sick or whatever um and then the just a tremendous pressure on the health services i mean germany has a good health service with loads of beds like different to, to ireland's health service and i think if it if it had caught wind in ireland the way it did in italy or or spain i think ireland would have been in big trouble so i think it was i think it definitely was a necessity of course everything being cancelled and all of that stuff is just kind of dis you know incredibly disappointing particularly for the music industry I mean, we released a record in 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 lockdown, and you know, and there was loads of disappointing elements to that. Like loads of our gigs got cancelled, our record release party got cancelled. But I don't know. We just had to come to terms with that pretty quickly. M- maybe give you a short answer. Probably yes. I think it is, or was a good thing to go into this lockdown. I don't. I think Ireland would if if it had caught with caught on in Ireland. I think it would have been really bad for Ireland actually. And like you know, I was really worried about my mum and dad. And then of course I can't go home. So I was checking on them all the time and you kind of go into panic mode and stuff. So I, I, I think it was I think it was the right thing to do and I think Ireland handled it extremely well, actually. But yeah, I don't know. They don't I guess it's such an unknown thing and to cancel all these massive events and of course you know, the gigging season is summer festival seasons totally kaput. I guess they don't know either and they just don't want to risk it, like, I guess. But short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asking people recently, like, if you could, would you go to the pub or would you go to a gig next week? Like, personally, I'm kind of desperate for a gig. I, I almost would, but I'm not like, I think just the responsible part of me would come through and be like, you can't go to a gig tomorrow or next week, you know? I mean, are there gigs on, though? No, no, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing on. Like, I'm desperate for a yeah. gig. Yeah, it's mad. Like, it's mad times we're in now, you know? All the buzzwords, the new normal, unprecedented, uncharted waters. Like, uh, who knows what it's, going, what, what, what it's going to be? Because, you know, it's not really going away. It's going to be sticking, you know, until they get a vaccine and, what, vaccinate 7.8 billion people. It's very muddy how the future looks. Um, I guess lots of stuff will change. Maybe new ideas will come out of it, new innovations. Um, maybe musicians will finally get paid properly from streaming sites. I honestly don't know. Um, but yeah, the old way is definitely going to change. Like, you know, and how can you have social distancing at a gig or a pub? It just, I can't get my head around it. I don't know what what regulations they're going to bring in there. Um, it's kind of like a grim future or something when you start thinking about it well listen you mentioned the album that you've just released you released it yesterday as we're talking so congratulations on that thanks a million uh, how, do, how does it feel like to release a new album at the moment Do you were, were you kind of like 
is is there any point releasing it now like will it still make an impact and stuff like where you kind of i guess you're running through a whole new set of issues that you have to deal with as in relation to releasing an album yeah totally and look we kind of thought we're like oh what will we do will we like pause the campaign will we release at a later date and like jane and myself thankfully we don't rely a whole lot on living off our music you know we're a small band and we make music because we love making music together we love collaborating together and it brings us a lot of joy and a lot of satisfaction we love you know doing cool stuff and um, we work with lots of our friends on videos and stuff and that brings us like you know a lot of fulfillment so for us like I think the main thing was massive disappointment around gigs and everything being cancelled and um you know and then a lot of you know with press campaigns and stuff like that, you know, a lot of magazines didn't print, loads of magazines folded and, you know, people just wanted to read about Corona. They wanted to just read about COVID-19 and that's what I, you know, it's very hard to get through that then. So there was definitely, um, there was definitely disappointment around it. Um, but in the end, like our main, our main vibe was, no, we've done this, we want to put it out to the world and... We were just kind of, you know, like I say, we've we've other projects that we work on, and we just kind of wanted to re- release it. And you know, you know, it's good to have music out there when people are in lockdown, and maybe people want to listen to something new, or they just want to, you know, lots of, you know, we we kind of taught, we kind of weighed up the pros and cons, and ultimately we were happy to to let it go, to let it off into the world. Even the way the Bandcamp seems to have, you know, like the amount of money that they've made for artists on the two free days that they've done with music and they're doing a third one at the start of June as well. Hopefully it does kind of make people uh, reassess um, the music industry. But I guess maybe we'll talk about your journey through music because I first came across you uh, when you were playing in uh, your old band, Cool Thing, When maybe when you were living back in Ireland. Would that be right? No. Oh, and we go back years. Like, that's probably about 10 years ago now. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. in. I'm in Berlin. I'm in Berlin 12 years this year and myself and Jane are together actually 10 years at the end of May. So, I mean, I've been in loads of bands over the, I've always been in bands over the years, like in, in college and, you know, even in, you know, primary school. And when I lived in London, and you know, I played drums in grunge bands and stuff like that. Why, why did you move to um, Germany originally? My degree is in uh, documentary photography. And so I was in, uh, I finished that in the UK and in Wales. And then after that, I was in London for about two years. And then when I was in London, we took a few, we used to take a few trips to Berlin on the weekends and stuff. And I was like, I just loved it. And I was like, I'm just going to move here. But I remember at the time telling people, oh, I'm going to like do like a photography. You know, I, I felt I had the urge to tell people that I had to, why I was moving here and what my reasons were. But the actual reason for moving to Berlin was just love the city. And I just wanted to move here. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. And uh, wasn't sure if I'd stay. And then, you know, 12 years fly by and I'm still here. So, yeah, just so I would say I just wanted to. And I still love it here. I still love the city. And two dogs now and we're well settled, like, you know, so can't can't see myself going back anytime soon. (laughs) I love Ireland and I love going home. I love visiting my family and I love um, all our support and our friends and everything there. But I couldn't see myself moving back there now. The rent is too expensive and... I don't know what I do and I don't know what kind of doesn't make sense kind of settled here now you know yeah well I mean the amount of Irish people who would love to be like settled in Berlin as well 
There's loads of them now, though. It's like weird. Like the last three or four years, there's been like a mad influx. Even in my job, I work with loads of Irish people. And I was like, and then they're coming over. You know the way like Irish people come over and then all their mates come over and then everyone they went to school with comes over. So that's kind of happening at the moment. Uh, loads of Irish people here. Um, and probably because there's loads more. I mean, I don't know what it's like now, but there was loads of startups. And when I first moved here, you could, you could not get an English speaking job. There was, you just couldn't get it. You'd work in a coffee shop or something. There's just loads of English speaking jobs, loads of startups and loads of different things happening. So it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense that people are coming over and trying, trying to get jobs and stuff like that. Do you still find it as creatively and artistically invigorating as I presume you found it like 12 years ago when you decided to move over? Yeah, like, yeah, I do. I have to say, like, what what would be different? Like when I first moved over, uh, I wasn't really working like a job job. And we just used to like make all our money off music and DJing and all that kind of stuff. We had loads of free time. And so you could just, we could just do whatever we wanted. But somehow... I guess we st- still see it's like me and Jane have a really good working relationship and I don't know like we're still we're, I'm in the same place as well like I live in this old factory and that's still the same and that's always inspiring as well and, and we have a lot of friends who are musicians I, I, yeah I don't know it just we just still we still feel inspired by the place and still still have that like creative spark just to do stuff all the time so yeah I would say it's that energy is still here for sure yeah um what about starting evil why did why did that begin and maybe cool thing ended was it just like i I need a new band i need a new uh outlet well i'll tell you why now exactly the god's honest truth is me and jane are sort of intricately met you know we go out with each other we've been partners for 10 years and we broke up for a full year in and around the cool thing years it was mostly all my fault (laughs) i'm not gonna lie so yeah, we broke up for a good year. It was a really, really hard time, really, really hard time in our personal lives. And obviously making a total long story short, but then we got back together, we reconciled. And then it just felt like we, I guess we uh, associated cool thing with those kind of kind of troubled years or whatever in our personal relationship. And we were like, fuck it, like, let's just do something new. We've evolved as people, we've evolved as a, in our relationship and let's, let's evolve in, in our band as well and kind of evolve as sort of like a, a, sh- a shortening of evolution and stuff like this. So that was kind of, the, like, kind of like the idea behind it. But that's pretty much the reason why that happened. When that kind of happens, do you come up with a new list of, like, goals or ideas of for what the sound of the new thing is going to be yeah i mean kind like we'll be inspired by something oh this sounds deadly or jane will have a new synth or this sounds i love the sound let's build something around this sound like we kind of have very similar sort of we we, we kind of like similar tastes in what we love the sound of i guess or what sounds cool or that's deadly or that sounds really groovy let's do something with that and then We'll kind of go like that, I suppose. I I think, say, with the 2015 album, we, we I mean, let me think, like, what we're, like, and also what's happening at the time, like, music that we're into will be influenced by, um, I guess we're always sort of have a, a 90s influence, like, there's, you know, electronic bands of the 90s that we just are adore, like, you know, Bjork or Aphex Twin or any of these kind of pioneers. And there'll be certain things that we love and we'll kind of go off the back of that, Um but normally we're always on the same page. And for instance, like, you know, like Eternalism was kind of all in the box. 
and then we did a bunch of singles and stuff and we kind of had a more analog sound with like physical love and, and release me and stuff like this and we we're you know in studios and definitely more of analog sound for so for the power we we wanted to go back into the box again and that was kind of like I guess a set of rules or goals that you're talking about um so yeah we'll have definitely have some rough guidelines of you know how things how, how we want things to sound like we definitely wanted to do the power like mostly in our studio house studio and then bring it into um a big studio for for mixing and stuff but then uh Jane invested in like a really expensive microphone so we did all the, we did all the vocals here in the house and stuff um, and that worked really well because it was a real chill vibe as well. So it's it's really chill here in this house in Kreuzberg. Yeah, there will be loose guidelines. I'm always fascinated, like even more so now. I'm just fascinated by acts who, you know, are able to last a distance or who have created a number of albums over a given amount of years. Like when you sit, like, I don't know if you even sit down and think about like, okay, the goal of an album of what we want to do like do you find it a challenge to kind of motivate yourself or are you always like making music is just what you do it's just in your nature it's just let you know it doesn't even matter what the end results are as long as I'm just making something that's the main thing yeah yeah totally like you know obviously before this like I said before this album was coming out like I'm working on a bunch of songs that um I want to do sort of you know I kind of grew up on traditional Irish music like Mary Black Christy Moore you know A Woman's Heart all of that stuff like so you know and I'm a, I'm a sucker for a sad song so I, I really like writing sad songs and stuff like that so and Jane has gone really deep into you know analog synth and modular and all of this shit like we and might I added a really expensive habit as well so she's she's up in the studio there now, actually tinkering around with all that. Yeah, we just like creating stuff. I feel I feel like even though have a you know you have your job and you have your life and you have your partner or whatever you have you know that you know satisfies you. But you know Fiona Apple talks about you. Know, I don't know if you've listened to the new album, but like she was talking about the Holy Trinity. So she was like my music, my man, and my dog, and I really identified with that because it's like it's like Jane our dogs are home and music so yeah creating is something I think that gives me a lot of fulfillment and a lot of joy so I think I'll probably always kind of do it and I think Jane is the same as well and you know sometimes we'll do stuff together and sometimes it'll be apart and you can't the thing with music is and you know the music industry is a you know a really fucked up place it's you know, it's an incredibly misogynist place. It's, you know, it takes money. You know, a lot of the people in the business side of the music industry just want to fuck artists over and get as much out of them as they can and, you know, kick them to the side. And that really hasn't changed. And even, you know, even harder so if you're a woman in the music industry and harder again if you're an older woman in the music industry. It's, re- it's, it's a really dark, fucked up place. And it can really, if you buy into it, and you buy into the crap that goes along with it, like, you can get jaded really fast and cynical really fast and your projects and your bands won't last. So you have to, I can only speak for myself, I have to, uh, I always have to make it from a place of love and a, pra- a place of joy and you can't let all of this other crap kind of cloud your mind. And it's hard as well because you have to be, you have to be everything, don't you? You have to be on social media, you have to be fucking tweeting and Instagram and all of that stuff and then respond to emails and then, orga- especially if you're any sort of grassroots DIY style band, like you're, you're doing it all. And uh, it, can, it, can, it, can get, it, can, it can get at you if you let it like. So, you know, my advice would be just uh, make things from a place of kind of love and joy and, you know, that, just things that you want to do, that you love doing and kind of 
kind of always bring yourself back to why you're doing something and, and not to get carried away with the rest of it. I guess the hard part is, is that like people who start making music, you know, they're usually quite young, maybe in their late teens, early 20s or something like that. And they hope and pray that it's going to be like a career for them. But then like reality bites or, you know, they've given it their best shot and it, it kind of doesn't work out. But you've kind of got to go through the ringer. And then on the other side, you're like, well, I mean, I still love making music, so I'll keep making music. I mean, is, is that kind of how you would have been is that your journey or were you kind of like I, I just love making music you know it doesn't it doesn't matter if I'm like my only income is through music yeah I think we always kind of did it for the love and for the cracks because in the early years we you know we were you know our relationship like our my relationship with Jane is is really intertwined in the music making so we you know so in the early years we you know we just met each other and it was really exciting and we were doing this so th- that kind of spark was there anyway with with and then me and doing music together was also still a joy i guess like a you know i mean i don't think i was ever too deluded that like i was like oh we're going to get <laughs> we're going to get famous and we're going to make a living off our music i don't think i ever had that in me um because i really feel like I really feel like that's like winning the lottery, I have to say. You know, who are we talking about? Like the Rihannas or I, I don't know. Like what, or then again, like what is making a living off music? How much money is that to you? Like, I mean, you, you know, I have friends who are in, you know, bands and stuff and, you know, they're working in coffee shops and they're, you know, they're signed bands and everything and they're still have to do this, that and the other to make things meet. Um, artists and you know it's not just in music it's in the art world it's any any creative industry um the creative people are always getting excuse my language fucked in the arse like it's you know it's the same in fashion it's the same in uh you know lots of these sort of photography or whatever like these you know you're always being you know oh we'll get let me let us use your picture you'll get loads of exposure let us do this you'll get loads of this and there's always, they're always like taking from the, the creative industries and, and we're not um, subsidized, subsidized enough. And, you know, and Spotify is a really great example of that, like as well, you know, especially now, especially now, you know, pe- people who are relying on their gigs and stuff for income and then there's no gigs and then they're, they're, you know, they're offering pittance. It's not, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's right. I actually think it should be illegal uh, on some level. And, you know, it'd be great if all that was overhauled. There's no such thing as independent music, I think. There can't be when you have giant streaming platforms like Spotify or Apple Music. There's still the gatekeepers and you think you can be independent. But yet then when you get on the platforms, well, you're not really being listened to because you're not a part of a, a playlist or da 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 or da 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 And there's always... I would love if anything came out of Corona and COVID-19 times was an absolute revolution somehow. I'm not sure what that is yet, like, but um, could be cool. But I love Spotify. Look, the other side of it is as well, like, I love Spotify. You know, I'm a big, uh, I love my playlists. I love, you know, I, I love how great it is for the listener. And you find really cool stuff. Their Discover Weekly uh, playlists are amazing. I love them. And they, they're doing it really, really well. But it, it'd be great if, there was some kind of balance there, like for the artist, I think, especially smaller bands. Yeah, you you mean like you're you're kind of always playing by the algorithms rules sort of thing, even as an independent act, you know, you've got to like, I, I don't know, I guess acts, a lot of them are trying to like get on playlists or would like to be on playlists and see what happens from there. And you hope that like the music isn't being made that way, 
but there are some there are some acts who are definitely tailoring their music i think to certain playlists yeah sure i'm sure there is like i'm sure there's someone's you know they want to write a catchy hook and something blah 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 for the summer vibes playlist or whatever yeah i'm, I'm definitely sure there is but like you know i personally would never want to do that and um, i don't know it's random i don't know how it works we got on a bunch of playlists there i have no idea how we got on them uh yeah, no idea. Like you just, just you get a notification you've been on a playlist, and I'm like, okay, deadly. But like, I have no idea how that comes about or what this what happens behind the scenes. If anyone wants to enlighten me, they they can. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a mystery. Like, and again, it's like another mystery now. You know, back in the day in the nineties, it was the mystery of the record labels or how does one even get an A and R person to listen to their tracks. Now he's got this new thing, like this new mystery that's added into the mix. Do you feel like as independent a band as it can get, like the fact that you've got your home studio that you can go there whenever you want and like all of the album was made there apart from when when you took it to mixing? Yeah, like I would say we're definitely like, you know, we're definitely a grassroots band and we're definitely uh, very DIY. But like it would be a different story if, does independent mean that you live off your music and you, and no, like we don't, don't, you know what I mean? We, We have jobs. Yeah, like Jane's a you know music producer, so she's you know te- she t- she teaches music production in the university, and and uh, I I work in uh, like music royalties. We're both you know we're both lucky that we actually are still working within the music industry. That's pretty cool. I think it's hard as a smaller band. It's definitely hard to live live from from your music. You, you get lucky though along the way. You, you, this is the thing as well. You, you never know what what could happen. Some you might get something in your inbox, and someone says something, and that leads to something, and. But I, and not, and all that's good. Like I just I, I just always think you have to check your motives. So why am I doing this? And like again, going back to the previous conversation, just say, you have to stay focused in why you're doing what you're doing, so that you don't get carried away with everything else that co- that goes with it. You know. Yeah, and coming back to the album, the power. Maybe tell me about what kind of inspired it. It sounds like um, relationships had a lot to do with it. I don't know. Do you find it more of a personal uh, album lyrically? Like even the even the first line on the album um it's not that i can save myself it's it's just that i don't know myself i th- I think it's a good way to start the album yeah i mean this album is, is defo personal it's uh i mean they always are we always are you know like we we did we have done we did this thing of this project total extra like external sort of views on the world uh for this kind of art piece that we did a few years ago for pop culture festival here in berlin um, and that was really cool just to look at bigger issues. But then, yeah, this album kind of comes back to, like, I guess myself and Jane's journey. And um, and uh, that was your question, right? It, yeah, the album the album is kind of, you know, but of course relationships, you know, everyone can relate to relationship stuff. And we kind of want to, and also we kind of want to keep it light as well. There's some kind of really light songs in there, like Old Love is particular, you know, like I said, we're together 10 years. We kind of wanted to write a song that ref- kind of somehow reflected that. And, you know, a lot of love songs are about new love. And I just met you and I love you and la, la, la. So we sort of wanted to talk about, you know, you know, just sort of like hanging around your gaff and watching Netflix and just like, just how, how, how that looks and stuff. Like, you know, all the kind of older, long, long-term relationships as opposed to this kind of new kind of love and that. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, I would say the majority of this album is kind of songs about, um, the highs and lows of, uh, of our relationship. Was it an easy album to make or was it kind of like, like, are, are there typical like band arguments or anything like that? Like when, when you're in a band with your partner and you're singing about relationships, is it like, oh fuck, I don't know if I can say this. 
No, like that's grand. Like I have full reign on on stuff like that. That's grand. But the arguments. I mean, I am like if Jane was here, she'd have loads to say about it. Uh, I'm probably like a total pain in the arse in the studio. I have to say, and God love her. Um, especially when it comes to like recording vocals and stuff like that. Like I'm just dead annoying. Like I'm just an annoying person. I mean, I'm way better than what I used to be. But um, did we have this? This album. This album was a real joy to do, and we did. You know, because you know, because we do our own thing, and we're under no constraints or anything. You know, we were working and stuff, so we go. We went to Greece for a week, and we uh, on our holidays, and we did a few songs, and then we were doing it on weekends. And you know, there's no one standing over you going, "Oh, you need to get this done now." So, we, and also, you can say what you like and do what you like. I, I love the freedom of that. Like, you know, um, so it was kind of like we kind of like took our time and just were like, "Oh, let this sounds cool," and then we put some things down, and it kind of started molding towards. We had a bunch of other songs that didn't make the cut. Um, uh, and these were the, the ones that I don't know the ones that reflect like you know the single the power is the lyrics are like kind of quite dark in that one and that you know we you know I sort of wrote the lyrics that when we had a fight and stuff you know because we, we react really differently when we fight like I'm shouty and stuff where Jane just goes totally silent and I get silent treatment and then I can't really cope with the silent treatments so so like that's you know that's the lyrics on the power are quite kind of even though the melody and stuff is uplifting and it's kind of like up tempo and that the kind of words are kind of sad and and then and then some of the and and then some of the words are just you know and some of the songs are just you know lovely because you know we love each other and that like and we wanted to reflect that as well and yeah and I, I you know I like these are songs that I connect with and these are songs that Jane connects with as well and I always think um, they resonate as well into other people's lives, especially if you're speaking the truth and there's no kind of bullshit behind it. Well, hopefully anyway, that, you know, they would resonate then as well with other people. And visually, I guess you guys are quite well known for your videos and you've directed a couple uh, for this album as well. Like, is that is that your first time directing the music videos or have you done it like for years and years? Yeah, like for It's OK was just totally on my own. That was the first time I'd, I'd done anything completely on my own so that was a bit nerve-wracking and then I got a bunch of co-directions and stuff with like friends and kind of kind of long-time collaborators that we work with that we've worked with a few times and then yeah I just love being involved in them like I love being involved in the videos I love doing videos and like this is a this is a downside of corona because we were supposed to have like we, we for all the the singles that we dropped we were supposed to have a video for each single like the power was supposed to get a single Speedboat is getting a single. We just shot it last. Is getting a video. We just shot it last weekend, and it's going. It's going into editing on Monday, and it's a fucking mental video as well. So it's really good crack, because you know we 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 have a good sense of humor as well. We're not always like you know so serious and stuff, and we really want to bring that out like uh, in this next video, and I think we will. Um, it's ridiculous though, uh, but you, well, I'll send it to you anyway when it, when it comes true. Being involved in like obviously. I have an art background and with my degree and stuff, so I always like kind of bringing that into the visual side of of the band. I that's I find like I get great satisfaction out of that, and I really love really love doing videos. I think they're good, really good fun, especially when you're collaborating with friends and everyone's kind of getting together and trying to make something happen. Like it's like it's always a good laugh. What other musical outlets are you involved in? You're a DJ as well. Are there any other acts or any other um things that like I I, I should know about? Um. Yeah, I mean, we have, we don't, like, we don't really DJ anymore. Like, that was definitely um, in the old days because I just, I can't be, I just can't be going to DJ sets at 3 a.m. and coming home at 6 a.m. and then 
having to get up at eight or something to work. So it kind of started to not, wasn't very feasible anymore. Um, I mean, Jane, Jane produces, you know, works with other bands and stuff. And, you know, she's, she's a producer and stuff. I guess like what would be the main thing that's kind of exciting that's happening there is there's um, this guy, it's German uh, singer called Finn Ronsdorf. He's this German, young German guy. He's got a, like, a, like a wonderful voice, kind of like, he's kind of croonery, but he's got an EP and stuff coming out and Jane's been producing his EP and he's, he just got signed there like to, to a label here in Germany and I think he's going to do really well. So, and, and he's sound, and again, sort of like a friend thing. Um, the, the, the guy who manages him is, um, has like directed videos and stuff for us. He's one of our really good friends and... But uh, yeah, I he's I think he's going to do great. Like, and his stuff is really nice as well. So that's probably like the most exciting thing. Yeah. Then then like Jane uh, Jane just dropped an EP on the, I think it was March. But it's sort of like more neoclassical stuff. Her father died a year ago, and it was the one year anniversary. And she had um, she had made all this sort of uh, beautiful piano music. Um, for that kind of on planes and stuff going back, back and forth to Australia when he was really sick and it's, I think it's like five tracks like super sad but totally different to Evol or anything like that it's sort of in that more kind of neoclassical range um, but it's lovely I'll send you a link to that as well it's, just, it's on Spotify just under her name Jane Arneson but yeah she just didn't make a big song or dance about her anything just wanted to drop it on the day of, of her dad's anniversary and kind of found a lot of sort of healing and in that like so that that's that's really nice and then yeah and then I'm just working on some solo stuff now in the next few months and probably put out like maybe an EP in I guess uh September or something like that do you miss uh DJing like the the fact that like the hours kind of don't work for you anymore like is it is it a thrill and an experience that you miss and is there any way that like you could come back to it apart from the hours I don't miss DJing I have to say don't really like I thought once it's in a once once it's in your blood like you can't get rid of it I thought that it's always like a thrill that you chase yeah I don't know I think it's different like every DJ I know always wants to be in a band and I think uh, I don't like it's good crack like DJing is good I mean I probably get slaughtered by I don't know maybe like it's like it's good it's good fun and everything but um for me at the end of the day like you're just kind of playing other people's music and uh um yeah I don't like it's it's totally good fun and like um and obviously I lo- we love DJing when we were DJing and what I mean what would bring me back to DJing I don't know a decent hour and a good paycheck maybe uh but um yeah I don't it's it's grand and it's fun it's really really fun but I don't I'm not like create that creatively fulfilled by it like you know in a kind of way I'd rather be I'd rather be just like making music as opposed to playing other people's music, I think. But, and you know, but obviously there's amazing DJs out there, amazing selectors, amazing taste, all of that stuff. Like, and, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's not, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm getting on. I can't be arsed just with the, with the, with the late hours and stuff. Yeah. And what about, um, the nightlife in Germany, say like the venues and stuff like that, like just in Dublin, I don't know, like how much you've kept up with it or when was the last time you were out on a night out in Dublin, but like, how is Berlin for like venues and obviously like the nightlife element is something that 
Dublin and Ireland cities in particular would like to emulate the late hours, you know, the the long clubbing hours as well. Um, is it still like even even if you haven't been out lately, like is is it still as good as as it has been, or do you feel like it's kind of changing for maybe for the worse? Um, it's still it's still really good. I mean, I definitely I, I definitely still go out and I definitely I, I you know I definitely love to go see DJs play and stuff. Um. Um. Yeah, like, uh, like, it's Dublin and Berlin are different, and they're different. This is what I. This is why I think they're different. Like, yeah, Berlin is this electronic music, uh, massive electronic music scene. I mean, the kids now are talking about having, you know, because of all the clubs and everything's been closed down. They're talking about, you know, you know, illegal raves and all that popping up again. Going to do these illegal parties just to get around the, get around the whole, uh, you know, venues being closed and stuff. But it's, I would say it's still thriving, um, even outside of, say, official, official, you know, Bergheim and, you know, you have loads of other nights that go on and there's always new nights popping up. And even if, you know, a certain venue gets closed down, another venue will pop up and there's this, actually, like the best party in Berlin at the moment is run by a bunch of Irish heads and it's deadly and it kind of, it, it kind of, and then it's so, like, and it's, like when I first went, there was like so many Irish people at it. I could not believe it. I was blown away. I was like, "What the fuck?" But it's probably one of the best nights in Berlin at the moment. It's called Radiant Love. So Byron Yates is a deadly DJ, and I think he's from Galway. And then he started his party, Radiant Love, and the party is rammed. Like it's so big. It's got this, such a '90s rave feel to it. It's ridiculous. So this is like the new generation coming into Berlin. Do you know what I mean? All like all the kids are coming in, and this and this is a, a really great example of kind of like the new wave of what's happening. So this party's at like different venues. So like out in like further out, you have all these kind of warehouse, old abandoned um, office spaces and stuff. And like they had one of their parties out there, and it it was ma- it was a mad joke. And they have another venue that's really what is it? It was some old, ah, oh, some mad old history to the building and everything. But it was just it's just really mad and really fun, and the energy is really positive. That you don't get in Dublin. Like you can't just go somewhere in Dublin and go, oh, this building, no one's using it. Let's just like fucking have a mad mad party in here and that you know and they're they're strict with the with the closing times and stuff but what what berlin doesn't have that dublin has and ireland in general is it doesn't really have like you know like in dublin you go out and you hear music everywhere and you can hear live music everywhere and you're walking around there's something going on somewhere and there's always loads of gigs and but they're more like obviously berlin gets all like big bands and everything going through and there is like a, a local scene but it's not really it's not as thriving i think as sort of Dublin local scene you know like kind of up and coming bands that are playing all in and around Dublin and everyone's kind of playing and stuff it doesn't really have that I have to say and there's definitely there's Berlin based bands and you know even when we were kind of gigging I don't know it's just different and I think Dublin is deadly for that um and there's there's loads of support as well like you know people like yourselves and Nyla and all I don't know, there's more of a, on the local level, there's a, a good thriving scene. Am I wrong there? Like, I feel like I'm, but also I probably have a fucking romantic view as well, you know, that kind of way, because I haven't, like, I know, I guess I'm just going back to when we were playing gigs and stuff. I don't know, it just always felt like, oh, just, whatever was going on, we'd, there'd be a few bands on and, you know, like a, people like Elaine May and all of that. Like, it, it just always felt like it was, there's definitely more of that in Dublin than in, in Berlin. I'm ta- and even like gu- guitar and drum bands, it's not really a live local scene here it's more you're going to see a dj your mate's a dj and he's djing a little pub as opposed to like a little band playing in the pub i suppose so the electronic 
uh, scene reigns supreme here still. But people are mad supportive even when you are doing stuff like as well. There is definitely that kind of support that you also get kind of in Dublin as well. So yeah, thanks to Julie for the chat there. Hope you enjoyed all of that conversation from Berlin via Cork to your ears. And as promised, here is a track from Eval's album. You can buy the album on a really, really nice looking vinyl at eval.bandcamp.com. And this is the second track on the album. It's a pre-release single as well. It's called It's Okay.